This podcast is presented by Miscreant Records. You can find us on Twitter at Miscreant Pods, and you can also email us at miscreantrecordspod at gmail.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Miscreants on the Moon podcast. As always, I'm Jacob Strain, and with me here again... Hayden Ake. And today, uh, we have two pretty big topics to talk about, so no news or no 20 minutes of banter like you're used to um no news. we're gonna get straight into it <laughs> <laughs> we're talking uh so this week we're doing our reviews for the thor love and thunder movie as well as the boys season three and like i said since we have these two uh big things to get through tonight we are going to just do full-on spoilers for everything so uh if you haven't seen these, um, maybe go ahead and watch them. Uh, I will maybe try to. So, like, if you have, so we're gonna start with Thor. If you haven't seen it, I'll try to put in the episode description when we start talking about the boys, so that you can just go straight ahead, skip to that. Uh, if you've seen the boys but not Love and Thunder, or vice versa, we'll make it pretty clear when we're switching topics. But in case you want to, you know, know exactly when to. Tune out uh, if you've seen Love and Thunder, but not the boys. But uh, anyway, let's get right into it. So Thor, Love and Thunder, the 54th and 55th hour of content in phase four of the MCU. <laughs> and we still have no clue what's going on. None. I don't think. Yeah, so. That being, I don't think Taika Waititi knows where this is going either. Like, because like. Which. That's fine. I and I. I have nothing against the movie, but, like, it's just, it didn't feel like it was going anywhere that could, like, lead to this big team-up kind of thing that really happens in every phase, you know? Which is a very interesting approach. They've been doing this a lot lately. I know that other people have mentioned it, but with a couple movies, it feels like they've been giving more control to the directors and the writers. And it's odd because this is by far the most bloated of the phases uh like we said earlier phases one and two were around 12 hours each they both had six movies phase three was like 25 hours and it had uh 11 movies and then this one we're up to with no end in sight we're already up to double the amount of phase three with like 55 hours i think there's been six movies and seven tv shows (laughs) um as somebody pointed out, they're like, that's not a fair comparison because um, they just now started doing TV shows. And I say, it is a fair comparison because you still have the same amount of time to tell a story. They and s- They still had TV shows. Uh, not ones that mattered, for real. Well, I mean, they... they, they are, I suppose they are in-universe... Maybe. We don't really know yet. Yeah, I just know in Daredevil they mentioned the Battle of New York. Um, yeah, what do they Agents call it? The Sh- event? Yeah, they, they, something. Agents the- of S.H.I.E.L.D. starts off in the same universe, but then they... Ah! Sorry. I only watched like the first two seasons, but I do know that they end up in a different universe. So, um... Weird. And I feel like they might be setting up for... The Netflix series is to have been in a different universe, but they're just like, these variants are the same actors, and we're going to pop them over here. Yeah. But, 
yeah, it feels, um, that's a negative thing. I know we've complained about it a lot. Is it's like, there's so much content and it all feels like it's kind of going nowhere. And it's not like the DC thing where the movies don't feel connected because they're all obviously in the same universe. They borrow the same characters, you see them team up. It's all obviously there. But it's not cohesive. Like, they don't gel together that well. Which is weird when that's the ex- When you've spent, you know, what? 12 years? No, I guess 15 years now setting up that expectation. Yep. And uh, it just feels like their plan. We've said it before. It feels like their plan was to stop after Endgame. And then Endgame made a billion dollars. And they said, you know what? Nah. We're going to keep it going. We're just going to dump everything we have. <laughs> Which, you know, that's that. That's enough about that. That's just... I know that we had made some predictions about, oh, maybe this movie is where we'll finally find out, you know, what's really going on here. And it's not. I might have, like, a, a view on that, but we'll save it for another time. Okay. Uh, but getting into the actual movie that we saw, Thor 4... Um, You've seen it once? Did you see it twice? Did you see it again today? No, I almost did, and then I was like, I don't feel great enough to do <laughs> and just sit that's there. That's fair. If, I, yeah, if Brian yeah, would have gone fair. with me, I would have probably just to do it. Okay. Yeah, I know that you had the day off and you mentioned maybe going, but regardless. So yeah, we, we both saw it once uh, on opening night. It. How did you feel about it? Because we didn't talk much about it afterwards. Because <laughs> we were both saving it for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. I liked it. Um, there, there was a few things that I, there was, I know there was one thing that took me out of it, but we'll uh, we'll talk about it. I'm sure. Um, it was very comedy driven. There, there was a couple things that I wish were different, but I thought it, I. I don't, I'm hesitant to like rank it out of the Thor movies, but I know it's not number one, and I know it's not number four out of the four of them. Uh, I, it's two or three for me. I mean, it's just what it is, I guess. Currently, it's probably number one for me. Keep in mind, I haven't seen Ragnarok. Um, I could also... I rewatched Thor like two years ago. Thor, the first Thor. <laughs> and um yeah and uh it was better than i expected like i really liked it yeah i think i rewatched um, it last week because i planned on watching all three of them and making you re uh, and making you watch Red i remember Red, that because yeah. i didn't even think about it we've had a rough yeah. week um but <laughs> besides that i remember you mentioning it out i remember you mentioning making me watch it and there were a couple times where i almost brought it up but then i was like you know what no i don't want to see that movie you, you should but i just like that there's one marvel movie that i haven't seen and i like that it's like one of the ones that everybody loves one of the ones that's like <laughs> literally the best <laughs> but it's fine um yeah but for me right now it's probably the best one um just because, I don't know, if I rewatched Thor again, I might feel differently, and Thor 1 might be my favorite, mm -hmm. but who's to say? Um, I do agree, it, it did feel very comedy-driven, um, 
Which is fine, but a lot of the times they had... I feel like there wasn't really a straight man in this movie. You know, like the <laughs> I, classic... Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> like the classic comedy, you know, they always have a... When you have a room full of funny people, you want to have one person in there who's just serious to kind of balance it out, almost. And this movie just didn't have that. I agree. And I, It I, felt like a lot of the times they were just bouncing around jokes, and then they never had anywhere to kind of fall back to the mean with. And then they just like kind of like did whatever they needed to do, like to do right away. Like, without discussing yeah. or, like, showing it. Which is yeah, it, okay, I guess. This movie felt almost like a video game. <laughs> um, It felt like they went on four or five distinct missions that felt like levels. And then they would have scenes in between that felt like cutscenes. Or, like... Almost, not even cutscenes, closer to menus, almost. Like a level selection screen. <laughs> it might be a bad metaphor, but if you think about it, they go and travel places and have different fights and go on different missions, almost. Four or five times throughout the movie. And then in between, it's just people kind of standing around discussing what they're doing with like no real sense of urgency it doesn't feel like mm. it feels like those scenes in between the big action beats and the big moments in the film kind of feel like hard like somebody slams on the brakes yeah. in my opinion at least yeah it, I, I don't know i mean it probably suffers a little bit from it being one of the shorter movies in the mcu I've heard that, like, an hour of this was cut. Oh, there's, a, like, a four-hours director cut, but it's all, like, ad-libbing and just improv. And Taika well, I'm talking about... says he didn't like it. Well, he said that he hates director's cuts because, like... They're bad, is yeah. what he said. Yeah. Which, most of the time, yeah, I agree. There's a couple exceptions, maybe. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, no, I... I don't know, it... it it's a good movie, but it definitely feels... I don't think it should have been longer. I think that it definitely could have felt more fluid. Those interconnecting scenes could have been maybe more dynamic, maybe more organic. I don't know, just less jarring. Because it felt like, oh, we just we have to urgently go to the palace of the, to the house of the gods and convince them to fight with us. Oh, that didn't work. We're going back to New Asgard, and we're just gonna like sit around in a motel for a minute and, and have a chat. Yeah, yeah, and then I don't know. It's been ten minutes. All right, time to move on to the next action sequence. Yeah, I and I know things were cut from it, like that. For I because we listened to a podcast and they mentioned something that was cut from it that I really wish made it into it, but I guess it's. What's like, that? It's like how in the in the scene Gore cuts his tattoos out. That's why he has scarring like afterwards. And he yeah. didn't have his tattoos. Well, I bet I can tell you why that was cut out. Because it's it's not as like friendly and it... Well, no, it's because they did a little bit of that type of 
violence to a degree in Multiverse of Madness, remember, and everybody flipped out. Do you, do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, how it like, was so scary and stuff. Yeah, like, the people in my theater that I walked out with, they were like, that movie had to have been rated R, and I was like, nah, that's just like a regular PG-13 movie that, <laughs> you know, it's not, like, Marvel movies don't go that far usually, but there's plenty of PG-13 movies that do, and... Yeah, I read so many places online that they were like, yeah, no, this movie is it's really violent and inappropriate and all this stuff. So I feel like that scene probably would have made it in there if that wasn't the discourse around Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. But I, I feel like that would have been interesting, but I mean, I, I don't think we're really missing anything from that. Everything that I've heard that got cut in that hour... Uh, I know there's a four-hour director's cut, but more realistically, there was a three-hour movie that they had made, and they cut a lot of it out. There was some stuff with Jeff Goldblum's character from Ragnarok and Hela, I think, and some other people. And then I think also some Guardian stuff that got cut. The Guardian stuff could have been in there, I think, but I don't know if you can add enough. I would have rather them done it like they did. So, just, if you don't know, the Guardians were in this for maybe, like, ten minutes at the very beginning. Yeah, everything we, like, saw in the trailers was pretty much first ten minutes. Which is fine, but also that little montage that they did. Is the exact I like same it that, that, Yeah, I like that the trailers didn't give anything away, but I don't like that the trailer is just in the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, the montage and some of the stuff... A lot of what we've seen in the trailers is literally just plopped into the movie. It just felt like I was watching a trailer that I'd already seen during the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, no, I think... Um, yeah, I, I really think it's fine. I, I don't mind them cutting out, especially those Ragnarok characters. It's like... I don't know what they could have added to the story. Yeah, I really don't know what Jeff Goldblum's character would have added, or why he would have been in it. Unless, like, is he technically a god? I don't think so. I think he just, like, landed on the planet in Ragnarok and okay. just, like, because, like if, became the master of the planet. <laughs> okay, because maybe if they considered him a god, and Hela a goddess, and they had Gore going around and killing them, maybe? Yeah. That could have worked. I can imagine but, him um, going, oh, no. <laughs> you know? just yeah. <laughs> Like, maybe that could have added something to it, but I really don't think I needed any of that. Uh, one thing that I do think we needed more of wasn't stuff that I heard was cut, but I feel like we needed a lot more of Christian Bale as Gore. Yeah, like, adding ten minutes to this movie of him just killing gods... Would have changed it a whole lot, I think. Like, Not even necessarily him killing gods, just him. More of like a acting. Maybe, yeah, because he, uh, he was he's probably the, the he's best, the part, best of the part of this movie. Yeah. yeah, so I'm glad we agree on that. And it's he has like maybe seven minutes of good screen time. Um, the way his he can like control like. I don't think they used any CGI like on his face, and if so, I think it was they probably just a no. little bit. And like all of the facial expressions he does are just like I don't insane. think that. I don't think that he would allow them. I think it's probably in his contract that 
they couldn't overdo it with prosthetics or CGI that he wanted to like, because that's a big part of his his MO. acting. Yeah, yeah, is that like he really delivers a good performance, and that's why a lot of his stuff is kind of, at least his performance in this. Mo- I will say this movie doesn't look great, it's, but that's kind of part. That's kind of par for the course at the MCU at this point. I think I if, haven't. If every project the MCU has released in the past like three years has had like three months longer of work time or like they put it like put more distance in between projects i feel like they would all look a hell of a lot better i visually disagree i don't think it's a time thing necessarily i think it's more that they know they don't have to care to make money maybe I'll get more into the visuals in a second. Uh, I just want to talk more about Christian Bale's performance. Because, like we both said, he's the greatest part of this movie. I think that the only other thing in the movie that comes close is maybe Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth's relationship acting. It feels really organic and it makes sense. It doesn't feel forced. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so with Gore, it's like... He, we have that scene with him at the beginning, with him renouncing that god and then almost getting killed, but the sword takes him over. And then we flash forward and we hear about all these gods that he's killed. We don't see him do any of it. Um, you know, and then we see him again when he just kind of stands there and they kidnap the kids. I don't really like the... This is another thing I could maybe say for visuals, but I don't like how the shadow monster things are doing a lot of the work for him. So we really, I don't know. They they did the same thing they did with the dark elf guy in Thor 2. They took a really good actor and they just kind of caged him almost. Yeah. I feel like, I don't like how they approached like him being the god butcher because we, we see him kill the one. We see a dead one, the giant, giant, uh, Falagar, whatever his name is. I think that's right. The yeah. big dragon tiger thing. Um, I don't like how he just like, he's like, now he's going after the Asgardians. That feels a little too well, convenient to me. Well, well, remember the only reason he wants to go after the Asgardians is because he wants to go for Thor because he needs the hammer, the axe. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. It's like. He found out there's a shortcut and he wants to take it. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't bothered by that. And also, I think he's killed more gods than we give him credit for in the movie. Yeah, we only see those couple. But I, it, it sounded like he'd killed more. So, like, I don't think it matters how many he's killed to this point. It's just we wouldn't have entered the story until he was going after Thor anyway. Because the Thor movie. Yeah. But I do wish we'd seen, I don't know, that scene he has where he was scaring the kids was really good. Yeah. Just any time he was on the screen was amazing. And um, he just felt really underutilized. He brought the most emotion into the movie, weirdly enough. Like I said, uh, Thor and Jane kind of come close. But, yeah, the... um. I don't know, it just feels like Marvel kind of has a habit of doing this. They'll bring in 
one of like a great actor and then just kind of give them not a lot to work with. Yeah. Which is kind of surprising given the fact that Taika Waititi had more control over this. Mm-hmm. Because he wrote and directed it. With Ragnarok, I know that somebody else wrote it and he just directed. Um, But, I don't know. I just feel like he should have been able to appreciate Christian Bale more and kind of give him more to do. Yeah, I because agree. I feel like, yeah, you can make the argument that there's a lot to do in this movie, but really, you could cut out... You could combine some of those video game level type things where they have to go on these little quests and make it where he has more to do, I think. And more time, more screen time. Yeah. But that's probably my biggest complaint with the movie. On the flip side of that, I do think that Jane and Thor had a really good screen presence. And they, at no point did I find their relationship unbelievable. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't. It's like, you know, they got busy and drifted away, and now they're back under these weird circumstances. You can tell they both really still care for one another. And it comes through in their performance. It feels organic and nice, and uh, it makes the end even more heartbreaking, I think. For anyone who doesn't know, uh, in the comics and in the movie, Jane Foster ends up with cancer. And to help save her, which really in the end might be helping to harm her, uh, the hammer makes her into a Thor. And they, uh, she gets all the powers and stuff, and it kind of delays her cancer death, but it also stops her from being able to fight the cancer with chemo. So it's kind of a a win-lose. And (coughs) towards the end, Whenever they take her to the hospital and he's like, look, don't follow me. I'm going to go do this alone. Uh, I was shocked that she didn't go. And I'm glad that at the end she did. Yeah. Um, I, for a minute, I, they were just going to leave her behind. I, <laughs> there was like a they minute left Valkyrie we were, behind. <laughs> yeah. I thought at the end they were going to let like Thor solo this man. Uh, but. Yeah. No. Uh, it's. I did think for a minute that she was going to die while he was gone and he was going to come back and be like, damn. Yeah. Uh, I also thought that he was going to use the wish to get her back. and it, But really, at the end of the day, I think that what the end they gave was the best. And I think that the post credit scene kind of ruins it almost. The second one? Because it is, so, yeah. She comes... So, Thor goes to face off with Gore. I, I don't like how their names are so close, but that's more of an issue with the comics than the movie. Yeah. Um, he goes to fight. He's kind of... He gives all of these kids the power of Thor temporarily. Which, like... If he can just do that, why doesn't he always do that? Every time he's in a fight, just give everybody your powers for a minute and let them go hey, <laughs> I, th- I, th- I, I think that's like a a new thing because he didn't know how to use it. Before Ragnarok, he didn't know how to fully use his powers. He he just used the the hammer, and that's where he's like, "Oh, my powers! This helps right, me cool, use but, them." But like, what about in Infinity War and Endgame? 
well, he used his power. Like, not like that. But maybe he, like, maybe he started learning magic whenever, like, Loki finally died for real, you know? Because he didn't really know, because that's magic in this universe. Um, it's like the same thing whenever Odin put on the... Nah, it's, sci- it's the science to so advanced. It's science so advanced that it, it appears to be magic, is what they said would... when Thor 1 came out. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but maybe maybe it's something like that. I, I, I just assume it's some kind of magic thing. Which is, I'm fine with it, because like... Odin did something like that. I'm sure he could have done the exact same thing because Jane got her powers basically because of Odin saying whosoever be like worthy or whatever. And then Thor fell in love with her and he's like, we're going to protect you forever. And Mjolnir's like, okay. (laughs) I don't know. That just kind of took me out of it for a minute. But yeah, she does. She comes back and um, essentially Gore is trying to go to this fancy place he ends up stealing Thor's axe to get there. And the what? first person to find this celestial thing uh, can make a wish. And he plans to wish all the gods were dead. So they're going to stop him. Uh, Jane breaks the sword and in doing so dies. Or, yeah, like gets too far gone. And right as Gore makes it to the tree jane dies in thor's arms and she fades away and it was a really nice end but then there's a second post credit scene where she just like makes it to valhalla and it's like a really weird scene that's played for laughs and i was just like uh it was a better ending when she just kind of faded away they had a nice little moment i enjoyed she was seeing like, I finally know my... you know but I, yeah well I didn't because, it, like, the scene was clearly played, A, for laughs, and B, just to stick Heimdall in there for a second. Yeah, that's fair, but Heimdall's, like, Thor's best friend, I guess. Well, he wasn't. He's, like, a... Well, no, like, he um, ended up... Maybe a, maybe a mentor. They just didn't really show it in the... Well, like, both. They didn't really show it in the, the first film that much. Isn't Siv his best friend? Or maybe the Warriors 3? Kinda. Uh, not really the Warriors 3. Like, the Sith relationship was played on more. But she was also, like, in love with him, I think. Yeah, well... Now she's missing an arm. <laughs> I hope I, she gets... Wild, though. She was in this movie just to, like, lose an arm and just be told she won't make it to Valhalla because she didn't die in battle. She would have died after battle. <laughs> yeah. I know that, uh... I know that at... One point in the comics, you know that thing from Thor One, the big like destroyer boss fight at the end. Yeah. Wait, the boss. At fight. some like the yeah. The, is is that the big the big metal dude? Is he the destroyer? Yeah, it's not. It's not at the end. It's like halfway in. No. Well, whatever. Yeah. Um. At some point in the comics, I think Siv or somebody else loses an arm, and they take one of its arms. <laughs> That'd be cool to see. I think it's Thor, isn't it? Doesn't he get a metal arm in the comics? I think so. It might be. I don't know. I think I've seen a picture of it. But yeah, overall, the movie was pretty good. We didn't hit all the plot points like we usually do for these reviews, but like I said, we have a lot to cover today. Uh, Before I get into my last Thor-related thing, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on? Um, The thing that, yeah, it it was Thor. But the thing that took me out of it, what was Russell Crowe's accent, bro? He sounded like Borat. Honestly, <laughs> I, 
I hit like part of it sounded it good, was, but parts of it sounded bad. And I'm like, come on, man. It didn't take me out of it. It was kind of off putting at first, but I, I kind of fell into it. Like it was fine. It didn't bother me. I wish, um, I wish he stayed dead. I wish he had died at least. I, he, I guess he didn't die, so he couldn't stay dead. I wish he died. I wish that was the f- dead. That was the first post credit scene, right? Yeah. Well, that's only so that they have a conduit to bring Hercules into it. Well, so he could have been whatever. like, this guy killed my father, you know? Yeah, maybe. Which, but... cool, we got our Her- Hercules. I thought we would. Uh, yeah. Cool. I liked the Screaming Goats. I don't care yeah. if it's a reference to, like, an old meme from, like, ten years ago. It was funny. And then, like, it was uh, over time, I just got over it. Thor also used to eat kids. <laughs> yeah. The goats never got on my nerves. I stopped finding them funny, but they never annoyed me. And that was odd, how everyone just kind of blew past that. Yeah. Um, I will say one other thing that I felt was kind of unnecessary was um, Korg. He got so much screen time. And I was yeah. fine with it, but like I would have rather it been spent on something else. Because Korg has always been like the... He's funny, but he's... I don't think he's really trying to be funny way. It's like no. how it was in the other movies. He was just like, there was a lot of them now. The backstory I, I liked. Was like, he in Ragnarok a lot? Because this is the first movie that I've seen with him in it for an extended period of time. He wasn't in it a whole lot. He was in it, like, he, was, he got screen time, but I'm trying to think of how many scenes he was in. There's a lot of scenes in the movie. Like, he didn't get a whole lot of screen time. He didn't have nearly as much time as this movie, which I was fine with a lot of it. I enjoyed the, the Dwayne the Rock Johnson reference. Yeah. How he's made it with somebody named Dwayne. Yeah. I do think that he should have died and stayed dead. I don't think he should have been a face that grew back. Yeah. Because that it, took the They should have emotion. just, like, not done anything at all at that point, you know? Yeah, that took... It was a pretty emotional scene... That was before Korg had started to get on my nerves, but, um, yeah, the, like, I was kind of bummed out that he died, and it was a big emotional moment, and it kind of made sense when Thor later killed Zeus, or did yeah. he kill Zeus before, either way. No, he, he killed him after. Yeah. It, it made that make more sense, but then, boom, he's back, whatever. Uh, one last thing I do want to touch on in this movie is the visuals. Um, very inconsistent and mostly bad looking visual effects. I've read people using COVID as an excuse for this and yeah, okay, but I lived through it and i know that you know movies shooting didn't shut down to the extent that people act like it did mm-hmm. for years so most of this movie it seems like was shot and edited kind of on the tail end of that so especially the editing process and everything just feel that feels like a cop out at this point that people who you know, really don't want to hear anything bad about these movies use. Um, 
When I think it's really not that. It, it's it's closer, in my opinion, to a lack of care and a lack of polish that has echoed throughout uh, all of Phase 4. Everything after Endgame, it feels like I said earlier, like they're just saying, okay, um, we can do whatever we want to make a billion dollars. So we're just going to kind of... Like, you know how they have helmets? Yeah. Thor and Jane? They're like these weird BS CGI nanotech helmets now. They're just like, if you've seen Tony Stark's nanotech Iron Man suit, how the head just pops on and off, that's what these helmets do. And I'm like, just have a regular helmet. Like, yeah, why? Like, they could do the thing where like, you know, I know they do it in Ragnarok. I'm sure they've done it in another film. Like Thor was in like a, a suit. And yeah. he, like, took his hammer out, and, like, lightning hit him, and he changed. They mm-hmm. did it in Endgame, too. Like, yeah. they, they could have just done something like that. But, yeah, they... It just looks bad. Um, there were a couple times where... It felt like none of the characters were in the same room. Which, that <laughs> may be COVID-related, but... Yeah. It also might just be scheduling conflicts or reshoots or whatever. I don't know. But yeah, it's 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 less an issue with this movie and more an issue with how the MCU's been going lately. There hasn't been a single thing that's come out that I don't have more negative things to say about the look of them than I do the positive. Yeah. Which is kind of sad. Because these movies used to, they put care in them and they looked polished. And now it just seems like all that care has been lifted away. I think like the last MCU movie, like we really like, it didn't have anything to say about the visuals was probably Shang-Chi. Because I remember we loved them. We talked about it on the podcast. I guess maybe, yeah, maybe that one. And that was last year at some point? I don't remember when. Yeah, okay. I know I had problems with Black Widow and all of the TV shows. Oh yeah, Black Widow. Like, I don't know what happened with the visuals in that at all. Like, I think that was. I think a lot of that was COVID related. Which that one had like that fair happened enough. right away. Yeah, because it was set to release like two, like no, like the at the end of the month when lockdown started, I think, or like the month mm-hmm. after. Yeah, I feel like maybe the Eternals didn't have that many issues. So maybe other than Shang Chi and. The Eternals, okay, no, I take it back because the little uh, shadow monster thing, or the dude that killed people with their powers, he looked a bit wonky at times. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, they just, I don't know. Yeah, this movie, the, the shadow monsters all looked bad. I will say there was one, like really stunning scene that i thought i loved the way they did it was when they were in the the grayscale realm yeah that looked good how everything was grayscale but then like the light from their weapons would add color to things i i really liked that but other than that the visuals looked a lot to be desired the city looked good like the god city but then like i guess Uh, it's it's mainly like the fight scenes it looked it looked like a ps4 cutscene so like good but not great yeah (laughs) 
Anyway, uh, is there anything else you have to say about... Oh, I do want to say one more thing. It feels like they've almost wasted their opportunity to do... Or really... To capitalize on the setup in Endgame and Infinity War that gave us Thor with the Guardians of the Galaxy. It felt like Taika Waititi just didn't feel like dealing with it, so rushed through it. Yeah. And sure, they could bring them back together again, but it won't make as much sense as when they were already organically there. I think maybe they should have done a little bit with that before moving on to this. I I guess, you know, they wanted to do the, the Mighty Thor storyline, and I guess they didn't want to wait, but it does feel like a wasted opportunity. Yeah, because everybody wanted, like, the Asgardians of the Galaxy after Endgame. Yeah. And they could have done that. It's just... I hope it's what it was we probably. I, I think that's what we were supposed to, but I, I, I would assume since then it's just been a bunch of scheduling conflicts for all of it because James Gunn has been doing a whole lot. He did yeah. su- The Suicide Squad. He did Peacemaker. Was it Peacemaker or Peacekeeper? Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Um... And now he's got... I assume he's going to be working on Groot. I don't know if he is or not. Uh, but I don't know. I Guardians mean... Guardians Christmas special. He's got <laughs> Guardians 3. Yeah, sure. The scheduling conflicts are there. I feel like Guardians 3 should have come out before this and should have been the full-length movie with Thor, Thor in it. I agree. I and feel like, like he leaves at that the end might... Of yeah. Or maybe even just put out the same movie. With the intro scene and everything, but have that other movie, that team up movie, backing them up. Yeah. So there's more weight there. I don't know. Uh, overall, I think it was a pr- probably maybe my favorite Phase Four movie, maybe behind Shang Chi. I think if I had to rewatch any of them, I would rewatch Thor. And that, that I mean, that being said, I. I agree. I have very little interest in rewatching these, but yeah, I would agree with that. But, uh, can't remember what I was going to say. I really liked the first fight scene, like the one with the Guardians, like, watching. And I, yeah. <laughs> I did like the, <laughs> the hip Thor doing the splits while, like, the two bird people are, like, screaming at him, like, yeah, in, in their pod. Like I said, there were... There were a lot of good elements here. It's it's a good movie, but it just kind of shows if this is the best thing to come out of Marvel since Endgame, it's kind of shown a steep decline, in my yeah. opinion. I, I'm interested to see what comes next. You know, there's some there's some stuff that I'm excited to see. I need to. I'm a few weeks behind on Miss Marvel. I need to catch up. That show was good. The visuals still. Maybe I'm just gonna have to learn to expect the visuals to be subpar compared to what they got us used to. <laughs> um, but yeah, still probably a solid like three and a half out of five, maybe. Yeah, I uh, I think something I will say, and I don't know if it's meant to, like this movie was meant to come across. Like I feel like they can do the universe where it like intertwines with each other and they don't really have to and like they mention each other and it leads somewhere but i also think they could do a movie like this in the middle of all of it that feels like a separate comic run you know it 
movies like this would work if a they hadn't already set 15 years of expectation that everything's connected yeah but also even with that being said movies like this would really work if there was still some connected tissue because if you remember phase one and even to an extent phase two and some of phase three a lot of the movies felt like this and the post credit scenes meant something and those can especially in phase one the post credit scenes connected those movies they used to mean something and actually set things up but now they're just like I don't know. Like like I said, they've put a lot less care into even the after credit scenes and they've just got annoying at this point. Because yeah, they they'd no longer serve as the connective tissue because the movie should serve as that because it's big enough and wide enough and they have enough crossover, but also they just haven't started building towards anything. They keep saying it'll be made clear. Maybe it will, but uh, we still have to wait on that. Maybe at Comic Con we'll hear something. They'll yeah. announce their new project. The only like things that like the cre- after credit scene in this one did is just like do things, like maybe make things happen for Thor. Like Hercules might try to hunt him down now, and they, oh no, they'll become they, best friends or something, you know, in like they, another Thor movie. They did the classic. Hey, look, it's a new character. And then they did the funny one. Yep. Oh, we should also address that Thor has a kid now. Uh, they're oh, going to be was, fighting yeah. together. And it, I, I did look at it. Or I did Gore look it used up, his... like I said. But it is actually his daughter. I, yeah, I know yeah. I mentioned that to you like at the movie. <laughs> you did. Um, but yeah, so Gore used his wish to bring his daughter back, and now Thor's raising her. They're all fighting together and whatnot. So, may, I mean, that'll she be interesting. She gets inter- the axe, he gets the hammer. <laughs> yeah, which is a weird move, but whatever. Um, I think I, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with that. I don't know where that's going to go. I hope they don't just scrap that somehow. I hope that he actually has to raise the kid, but I didn't we'll think see. about it till now, but, uh, maybe a young Avengers. Maybe uh, they, they've pretended like they're building to the, I don't know, but, uh, we're out of time for Thor. Let's move on and talk a little bit about the boys season three. I know that this is one of the things that we were looking forward to most this year, and I'll say it delivered. It did. Um, once again, uh, yeah, if you've, if you've listened this far and you haven't seen The Boys, maybe tune out now, because we're going to go into some spoilers, but uh, yeah, I feel like this se- I feel like they've got one season left. Um, one or two. I don't even know if they could do this for two more seasons. They've opened a lot of boxes that they can't close. Mm-hmm. Um, now that this season has ended with Homelander being pretty open, openly diabolical, and some people are into that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, at the end of the, th- we'll skip right to the end. Homelander blows somebody's head off at a rally. And people cheer. So uh, they threw a rocket. Uh, Orion hit him in the head, and it just oh, set him well. off. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think they can get two more seasons out of this because he's already 
off the rails. But maybe they could. May if they really draw out. I don't know if I want to see two more seasons though. If it's going to be another eight episode run. Um, I, mean, I think honest, that, I'll watch as much as this show as they could like come out with. I fucking love it. <laughs> I I love it too, but I don't want it to overstay its welcome. And the way the story is moving now, it's like I think they're building towards the end. Especially considering some of the stuff that happens with Butcher at the end, which we'll get to. So, uh, you've already said that you love this show. What are some things that you... We're not going to go through episode by episode because we've already spent 45 minutes talking about Thor. We're just going to go through and assuming you've seen it or assuming you're still here just to hear our beautiful voices in your ear like you do every week. Uh, Thanks. And we're just going to kind of go through and talk about some of the stuff that we liked about this season and some of the stuff we want to see in the future. So, um, yeah, why don't you go ahead and, you know, go through some of the stuff that you liked about it. Because I, I think it's safe to say that we both loved this season. Probably my favorite season. Yeah. I, I think so, too, for me. Like, I actively rewatched every episode. Yeah. Um, well, you slept through watching rewatching the finale, but fair that's enough. That's because I felt awful. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to preface by saying that uh, I think Anthony Starr as Homelander is, I'm going to say it with my chest, that he is the best TV show antagonist I think I've ever seen. Oh, without a doubt. Without yeah, a he, doubt. He plays um, it insanely well, and it's amazing to me. He... I don't know. He... Those scenes this season where he's, like, having that internal conflict and talking to himself in the mirror and, like, breaking down on one side and then just really being forceful and awful to himself on the other side. Like, those scenes... I... It feels like those were done in one take. I know they weren't because there's some editing that makes it, you know, they weren't. But it fe- like it feels so fluid. It feels like it's happening at once. It feels like he is he is saying one line and then like wiping his tears off, changing his voice and demeanor and saying the other line. That might it, it, it's a credit to him as an actor. It's also a credit to um the editors on the show. Whereas I think a lot of the MCU has less, has put less care into their visuals and the quality of their stuff has started to slide. I think that this show is probably the best superhero thing out right now. That's why it won our bracket. (laughs) You're right. Uh, It's probably the best superhero thing out right now. And... They put so much care into it. All the actors are giving it their all. It feels like nobody's phoning it in. The storylines are, you know, really, really solid. The editing is amazing. The effects are great. It it just... It's really firing on all cylinders. And I hope that we don't live to see this show decline. Which is kind of why... I think it needs to end soon. Not that I'm saying I don't think that they could do more, but just what they're setting up with the story, 
I don't know. There's no... At the end of season one and two, they let some stuff out, and they put most of it back in the box. Season two, let some stuff out, put most of it back in the box. This season, a lot of stuff came out of the box, and before they could grab it to put it back in, it ran away. And I don't think it's getting back in the box. I think that this show set... Now, there could be... There is a spinoff, actually. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but it's about them... It's about a school training the next superhero team. Um, it's the G-Man movie, or G-Man series. That would be hilarious if it actually... I, it's not It's not the G-Man, yeah, I don't I know. think. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <clears throat> but it is... Uh, apparently, it's going to be set in between seasons. Um, so, everything that's happened to the boys at this point will influence that. Mm-hmm. And that show will influence season four of the boys. Good. So, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, some of what I liked, I I like how we kind of see, I, I forget his name, Jensen Eccles or something like that. Yeah. His 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 character was really good. Soldier Boy, uh, really at first felt like a one note character almost. Yeah. By the end of it, became kind of complex, and I was feeling for him a little bit. Yeah. I really like a lot of the. I I like a lot of the, the world building that happened, about, learning more about the superheroes, and how they've, gone in the past. So thinking about payback and their old team and everything. In the comics, you get a lot of info dumps like that. And in this one, it does it really well with Colonel Mallory telling them about what happened the day that Soldier Boy died, in air quotes, and seeing Black Noir's backstory, hearing um, everything that Soldier Boy has to say. It really does a lot to show you how Vought has been using these assets, um... And it, it, it is crazy to me how they had this most valuable one and they had decided that they needed to get rid of him to bring in Homelander, which is technically his son. I thought the finale went a bit differently with that storyline than I was expecting. I kind of expected them to team up the whole time, especially once I found out that they were related. Yeah. But I really like how that turned out, how he just... um. Soldier Boy regrets not being able to raise Homelander, and he admits that if they had told him that he had a son, he would have moved aside and let him take over and just been a proud dad. I don't know how much I believe that. Well, they built on it beforehand, like saying, like in episode seven or so, he's like, I always wanted some kids of my own or something like that. And, like, leave everything... I don't know if he said he'd leave everything behind or not. Oh, yeah, he talked about with uh, Crimson Countess wanting kids and everything. Yeah. I mean... I could... I could see it making sense, but also I I don't know... If he would have really stepped aside. But I, I know that he thinks he would have. And, um... Yeah, he gets there and... 
We find out that his father uh, was not a nice man, called him a disappointment, and when, when he became a superhero, was still ashamed of him and mad at him and disappointed in him and said that he took a shortcut. I It was kind of... I didn't like Soldier Boy. Like, he's not a likable character. Neither is Homelander. And really, neither is Ryan now that he's teamed up with <laughs> Homelander, which is a whole other thing. Um... I will say I do have one thing that I think they could do with the season five, which I think would be crazy, but a possibility. Um, just seeing that scene of them all together and him kind of and Soldier Boy kind of becoming his father yeah, and just being disappointed and then fighting Homelander um, was very emotionally weighty. And that that through line story and the development of soldier boy once they get him back in like the second episode or third episode was really nice i like that a lot yeah i uh one of my favorite things i think is like obviously homelander's supposed to go crazy he's supposed to like start losing it i liked seeing butcher lose it more and more over the season like taking the the temp v and then like yeah. every time he would get punched, he's just got this like insane grin on his face. Yeah. Do you think that he's realized that he took it too far? I know that eventually they find out that the Tim Fee is like melting their brain, and then at the end of the show he essentially has a year to a year and a half to live. And yeah. I feel like if he takes the Tim Fee again, I don't know if they'll if he takes it, is he going to die immediately? Is he going to still be able to use it until he was going to die anyway? I feel like they kind of took that away. I don't think he's going to be able to take it. I think if they want to kill Huey off, maybe he'll take it and sacrifice himself to save somebody. Like he almost did in the finale. Yeah. But um, I, I, I just wonder if they're going to play with him realizing he took it too far. I, th- I, I think he does think that because he wouldn't have stopped Huey in the finale and then I don't think he well I'm not saying he stopped Huey because he didn't want Huey to die that's the whole thing in the comics and then to a lesser extent in the show he sees Huey as his little brother who died tragically and I did like seeing a bit more of Butcher's backstory in this. Did his brother very... die the same way in the comics? Because he, uh, he in, killed in himself the comics, in the show. In the show, he didn't kill himself in the comics. I don't remember how he died, but it wasn't suicide. Maybe his like dad beat him too bad one time or something. I don't think so, because uh, Lenny had already moved out. He was in college. I think it was a, like a car accident or something. I don't know. Um uh, I reread it recently. It definitely wasn't suicide, and it definitely wasn't his dad beating him to death. Because yeah. they'd already moved their mom out and gotten away from the dad, so. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, no, I. I, I think that, yeah, he's seeing that he's gone too far himself, and maybe he'll calm down a bit in the next season. I do think that. Uh, and maybe focus on trying to bring Ryan back into the light. I think that was a huge realization too, seeing that he yeah. pushed Ryan away so much that he pushed him right back to Homelander. Yep. And that 
oh, that last scene when Homelander blows that person's head off, and you see like the shock on Ryan's face as everyone cheers, and then he starts to smile. That was chilling. Yeah, good on that kid. Already oh. a decent actor. Not in the not oh, in the I show, thought you meant <laughs> I thought you meant good on like Ryan. Um, yeah, no, he he does a really good job. He. He kind of annoyed me some in season two and a little bit early this season, but towards the end, he, he really put on a good performance. I think Ryan was just supposed to be annoying initially, but... Yeah. Um, the finale didn't really play out like anybody expected, I don't think. Not, especially not no. me. I expected more people to die and different people to die. Yeah, which... <sighs> I don't know. I mean, this show, like, main characters haven't died in the show, really. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of bloodshed with, like, random people and just kind of faceless enemies that get thrown out there. Um, and I feel like just because the show's so violent, we keep expecting it to turn into main characters dying, but I don't know if we'll get there till the end. Yeah. But we'll see. Just didn't expect it to be... Noir, I guess. <laughs> yeah. My boy didn't deserve it like that. <laughs> I will say, I've kind of been... Ever since we see his face at the end of season one, I've been kind of disappointed that they weren't going the comic route with Noir's story. Uh, if you haven't read the comics, so Black Noir... Um, Homelander is raised, and for 18 years, he's like strapped to a nuclear bomb. And then they release him, and... He's actually, like, a good, kind-hearted, like, a good superhero who actually upholds the values that he's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And, but Vought wants a contingency, so they clone him, they kind of dumb him down and make it to where they put him in the suit, so he's Black Noir, and he, his one purpose in life is to, if Homelander ever goes rogue, to kill him. So what happens is he dresses up like Homelander and goes off and does all this horrific stuff and takes pictures of it and leaks those to people. And eventually those pictures make their way back to Homelander, who thinks that he has been blacking out and doing these things. So it kind of makes him go crazy and convince himself that, okay, if I can black out and do it, I can do it regularly. (laughs) And that's how he turns into this evil person. And that is, like, the emotional weight of Homelander finding out that he hadn't done any of those things. And that seeing the pictures of Black Noir doing them pushed him to become this terrible person. Which really Black Noir always wanted because he wanted to have an excuse to get called in and to do his job. Yeah. It, it was... That is probably my favorite part of the entire comic series. And now that Black Noir is dead, I feel like maybe we might be getting that. Yeah, that that was like my theory. Like before, I heard it on the podcast we listened to today. Um, is that Vought could just recast him because nobody knows what he looks like. Like the general public doesn't know what he looks like. Yeah. The, the, uh, without the, a the doubt, the problem around it is that Homelander could see under the mask. Apparently. Which in the Maybe comics like a, they say that he was so arrogant that he never thought to to check under the mask. 
with Maybe x-rays but in the make a lead comics mask, you know well no because then he'd know something was up i just, i feel like now the homelander in the show is too smart and he's arrogant but he's arrogant and also a little bit paranoid in some ways mm-hmm. so i don't think that would work on him i think that's just not going to get picked up which is fine and also homelander's already a sociopath so you don't really need the black noir homelander clone to push him over the edge yeah because that is really the the real amazing part of that reveal in the comics is that you see on homelander how essentially he feels like black noir ruined his life by making him think that he was a monster and thus pushing him over the edge to becoming a monster himself and since Homelander in the show is already kind of a monster, you can't. You're not going to have that reveal, so. There's really no point in doing it, I don't think. Yeah. Sadly. I wish. Yeah. They'll probably just make Ryan or Victoria do it. Yeah. I think I that- assume Victoria could kill him. That's something I've wondered. Is like, is she power enough to kill like Homelander by doing the headburst thing that she's done? She'd have to catch him by surprise. Yeah, I think she could do it if he was caught off guard. Yeah, I think we might see. So, is there anything else about the actual season that you want to talk about? Uh, I like the the fleshing out of just like different characters that weren't like Huey and Butcher. Like, they did Mother's Milk a lot. They did Frenchie and Kimiko uh, a lot. Even Victoria Newman, they fleshed her character out. Even Mr. Edgar, which I think he's going to come back. I hope so. Um, he's great in everything he's in. Geo there's no reason for him not to. I kind of, f- from a narrative point of view, I get why he was sidelined so early on. It's one of those things where they were slowly opening this box and letting stuff out that they can't put back in. They needed Homelander to have more control over Vought. What do they do? They get rid of Edgar. Because he was the only thing keeping Homelander in check. Yeah. And I like how now Homelander's in charge. They're getting more involved. The Deep killed the initial vice president candidate. So now Vic, Victoria Newman is the vice presidential candidate. So they're kind of moving in the direction of, okay, we want a superhero-friendly president or vice president. I'm assuming they're going to try to kill Dakota Bob and bring her as the president and she'll be friendly towards them. The whole military thing, they kind of exhausted that in the first season. I don't think that's going to be the end goal anymore, Um, but we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, I, I liked seeing those characters fleshed out more. I do hope that Edgar comes back. Um, this season specifically, I like how Starlight kind of turned her back on the super, on the seven and joined the boys. I thought that was really interesting. And I like how, what really makes me think that Butcher realized that he went too far in the error of his ways is that he kind of welcomed her with open arms, not even, not, not open arms, but he welcomed her in the best way he could do it, which is by not calling attention to it and acting like it was normal that she was a part of the group now. Yeah. I agree. Um, Because, like, it, it, 
it just helps, like you said, that he went too far and he realized yeah. it. He's just like, we got to kill all of you. Like he's holding that to Maeve earlier in the season. I don't remember what episode. And then he essentially became one of them multiple times. Yeah. And a way, something I thought about is like a way they could just get around like, you know, him dying in like a year, year and a half. If they all just take like the uh, form of V like they do in the comics where they just heal faster. They're stronger, you know? I don't think I want that anymore. I know that I have said that I wanted that initially. Mm -hmm. But after seeing them with the Tim Fee stuff, I like where that's gone. And I like how, okay, you can use it X number of times, but then once you've used it up, you're done. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I do think we're going to see other people like maybe Frenchie and Mother's Milk. Uh, Uh. Huey... I don't know if we'll see Mother's Milk do it. I don't know. You know I, I, he, I feel he, like... He held the, like, moral, like, stand... Like, he st- stood his ground, like, morally on that the whole time, like, firmly and didn't even waver about it. Alright, but if someone specifically came after his daughter, that could open that can of worms. Maybe. And Todd's involved with all this Homelander stuff, you know, I think... I think... Oh, what a piece of garbage, I hate that. I think something could happen there. I'm interested to see where that storyline good todd's gonna become best friends with homelander somehow gotta be wild i also yeah. like the only reason i think i'd want to see them take like maybe a like the the small amount of v because i don't think ryan is too far gone to be saved and i, I think they're gonna end to up like i think ahead. if there's i think if there's four seasons they end up saving him if there's five they don't and i'll explain why after we finish talking about season is three it, is it what I said? <laughs> like, well, after we watched it, and I was like, it's going to end with... I don't want to say it right now if we're going to save it. We'll just talk about it. I think... I don't really have much else to say about Season 3. Is there anything else? Um, It's nice to see, like, some characters get their ending. They wanted, like, Maeve. Yeah, that felt nice. I do feel like she's going to get her powers back later. I... I would. I hope for her sake she doesn't, because I think then she'll just die. Yeah, I think something's gonna get her back into it. I feel like next season there's gonna be a huge confrontation. That's I. That's gonna end the show. Is my prediction, and I feel like she's gonna come back into the fold. I could be wrong, but we'll see. Yeah, but like if if the only I think the only way for Ryan to be saved is Butcher like keeps living like past the the time he's supposed to be dead. No. Um. I disagree. Maybe he gets raised by Huey. Yeah, I don't think that Butcher is cut out to raise... He was never going to raise him. He was going to be around initially. No, I don't think Butcher could raise a kid. I think... Maybe once Homelander died, he could. No, I think (laughs) in the comics and in the show... They change a lot about Butcher's character going from one to the other, but I feel like... The constant is that he's a broken man going on the warpath. Before Becca died in season two, he could have possibly had some kind of redemption and raised the kid with her. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that um, I think he has to be dead at the end of the show. And if he's not, there's no way that he could raise a kid and like function like that. Yeah. But 
one last thing for me about season three that I liked. Uh, the Some of the smaller characters in the seven. So Maeve had that side plot where she was getting back into shape and she's an informant and everything. And she's not drunk anymore. She just pretends like it. Uh, and in the end, kind of gets her chance to fight with Homelander. Um, the fight was kind of a stalemate, but then she does get to kind of save the day at the end. Yep. <laughs> while also getting her wish of being out of things. Um, the Deep had an interesting storyline where his wife was pushing him to to just take a bunch of like shit essentially from Homelander to get back in and get famous again and everything and then eventually uh, he cheats on his wife with an octopus and she leaves him and now his life is kind of falling apart again I am glad that I'm glad that he never got like a happy ending and I hope that he remains not getting one and probably my favorite like side character subplot was A-Trains how he was trying to his heart was messed up he was trying to reinvent himself and everything. Uh, gets with his brother, uh, tries to get Blue Hawk to do the apology. His brother gets permanently injured, and he kills the person who injured him. And in the process, pretty much kills himself. But they take Blue Hawk, who is the uh, guy that he kills for the like race crimes or hate crimes. Or, well, I guess excessive force, and then... I guess in both cases it would be (coughs) excessive force. Mm -hmm. Regardless. Um, Even though, when they were just trying to... When he was giving that, you know, if you can call it an apology. uh, (laughs) When he was giving that, he wasn't arresting anybody or anything. Like, he supposedly was initially, but I don't know. I don't know what exactly you would pin that as, but it was wrong regardless. And after all of that, he A-Train gets given that dude's heart and goes and and it, he has a like initially his heart wasn't super strong, but since Blue Hawk was super strong, now his heart is and he can run again and he's not going to have the problems that he had with his old heart. And uh, he went back to his brother, and he really burned that bridge with his brother because uh, they were hoping to press charges and get him locked up and everything. But instead, uh, he's dead, and now there's no justice, really. Yeah. (coughs) Excuse me. Yeah, I I thought that was really... It made sense. I hated to see it for A-Train at the end. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I I personally, the guy should... The Blue Hawk deserved to die. Oh, without a doubt. Um, but I can see why they wanted it to happen. Why, um... Is his brother's name Nate, I think? Yeah. Why he wanted it to happen the right way. Yeah. I agree. We only have a few minutes left here. I do want to take some time and talk about kind of what we think is going to happen next. And then if that's different from what you want to happen, maybe what you want to happen. Uh... Do you have any thoughts on what we might see from them moving forward? Well, at the end of the the finale, they did the the big announcement for like the vice presidential candidate, and then Butcher was like, "Well, we can't have that, can we?" Yeah. Which I don't. I don't know if the only thing 
that Victoria ever did in the show, like that, that was against the the guys. Obviously, she was like working under Vought with Edgar, kind of like to just hand them people. But she gave Homelander Ryan's whereabouts, so that I guess Homelander could order like a hit on the the vice president candidate, whatever his name is. I don't know who he is. Um, well, are you forgetting that she killed the FBI? agent that they were working with oh that was like all the way back in season like was it season two it was season two and then she also blew up the heads of all the people in congress so i mean like yeah i mean yeah she is pretty evil (laughs) that's because she was work. that was what like stan wanted her to do now that he i don't think he's really out of the picture i think he's calculating what victoria is doing even i disagree I don't think he's I don't think he's behind it or anything. I think that he is doing something behind the scenes, but I don't think he's still kind of controlling her. Yeah. But Yeah. So you think the next season's going to be like mainly focused around her? I would rather it not be. I think she's going to play a part. Yeah, I don't dislike her character. I feel I feel like she could real like she could be good. I think. No, nah, I think she's irredeemable at this point. Maybe. Not irredeemable, but I think that she's unsavable. I don't know. What I think her she's. I think she's is. gonna. I mean, to become vice president and like become the president. That, like, that's what, what she's. That, you know. Use her power to help people like her. Is what she said this season. But like, what could she do with that? Like, they're already like the most powerful people. Like, and Homelander. Nah, not all of them. Not the people. Rally, like, you know. Okay, yeah, Homelander is the most. But like, there's some. I think she also wants to provide some type of justice and things like that. She wants to provide some checks and balances to them, so she wants to be in control, so she can work with them to. I don't know. I don't know her exact plan, but I think that this. Sh- could possibly end with her being a hero. She's either going to die a hero or die a villain, but I do think she's going to die next season. Yeah. She's either going to die fighting the boys in some manner, or she's going to die because she's going to turn against Homelander, and Homelander's probably going to kill her, I think. Where I think... Yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to that you want to see or you think is going to happen moving forward? I, I mean, outside of that, I, I really don't know what could happen because I... <laughs> It doesn't align with the comics, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, like only certain parts do. Like I'm sitting, I, I just. I it's more, know. it's more references to the comics than like an adaptation, which is fine. I, yeah. I like that it's two separate stories because it means that I can enjoy them both. Separate. I, I like both things. And you don't know what's gonna happen, like. Yeah, yeah. That's the big thing for me. Which going into season three, that's kind of. I know that at the time before it came out, I said I was glad they were moving more towards the comics, but seeing what they did with season three, <laughs> I'm glad they didn't. But I, I, like I said, I do like that it's two separate stories that I could enjoy. They're telling similar stories with the same characters, but they're doing it separately. So it's like, okay, I don't have to pick an adaptation. Like, if I want to read one story, I can go read the comics. If I want to watch a different story, I can watch the show. It's... I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, I guess to to round us out because we're pulling up on uh, time here. I I think there's kind of two route, two distinct routes 
I think this could go. Um, the f- the first one I'm going to say is more likely. But I think the second one has the potential to be more interesting. Mm. But also more divisive. Uh, the first one I think is next season. Homelander's going to continue to go off the rails. He's going to get more and more public with his heinous acts. He's going to have that base following. But, you know, they're going to have to... The government is going to start working against him. But Dakota Bob's going to be in there. I know in the comics he doesn't like soups. But in the... um, In the show, it's kind of ambiguous. He doesn't say that he doesn't think, like them. I think he... At the beginning of the season, he did. I'm pretty sure. Like, whenever he met with with Edgar. Stan, Edgar. Okay. Yeah, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, he has, like, a disdain for him, but he doesn't, like... <clears throat> he's not super against him. He just doesn't want him in the military or something. He's not publicly anti-soup like he is in the comics. Yeah. But that might change when she's in office. And, uh... Because he's president the whole time in the comics, up until the very end. Um, yeah. That may change once Homelander starts going off the rails. I think the government and Vaught are going to kind of be at odds now that Homelander's over, uh, taking over. And um, maybe Victoria's going to take out the president and be president, kind of ice that over. But the public is still going to see, other than his following, Homelander is evil. So the boys are going to kind of calculate how to take him out and everything. And it's going to end with the big confrontation. Uh, They're going to find a way to redeem Ryan. Homelander, Butcher, and the boys are going to go head to head. Butcher maybe dies in the fight. I think it's more likely he ends up getting the last blow on Homelander, but then he dies of his brain mush disease. Yeah. Without like the 10 I don't really know how he would kill him. So it makes sense that he's going to have to be more crafty and creative, I think. Yeah. And Soldier Boy's on ice. That was another one to do it. So. I don't know how they're going to do it, but that's another thing. I think that, you know, Kamiko, Frenchie, and Mother's Milk might take the Tempfi. Starlight's going to be there fighting. I do think that potentially Huey's going to take one last dose and sacrifice himself, give himself a year to live. I think that it's going to be hard for Butcher. Maybe take a back seat. Maybe at the last minute he breaks down, takes one last dose, uses it to put the final like nail in Homelander's coffin, and then immediately die. Yeah. I do think it ends with, in my most potential option, it ends with him dying. We see Vought is being run normally again. Uh, they're kind of rebranding superheroes like they did at the end of the comics because Homelander's gone publicly insane, whatever, whatever, and we get a satisfying conclusion. I think Option- for Vought to turn, like, to turn everything around, I think Edgar would have to die, too. I don't know. I don't think he would just turn it around because, I mean, obviously, I don't know what superheroes do in this universe because they're obviously not just always fighting bad guys. They're just, yeah. like, killing the public randomly. Well, remember, he said a lot that he wants to move away from superheroes and get into super soldiers. So, he doesn't want to be a superhero company anymore. And that's kind of, in the comics, that's what the company wanted to do. They wanted to move away from that. And they, they 
are trying to do that at, at the end of the comics. We never see where that goes, but I think we could potentially see that. In the second less likely option, but more interesting one, <laughs> what I just said plays about plays out about the same. I think it season four would end with Butcher's death and Homelander winning. Kind of a hopeless end to it. And then season five is kind of maybe a short time jump even. And you see Homelander and Ryan kind of ruling over people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like maybe a sector of America. Like having kind of a tyrannical rule over something. And the boys are kind of an undercover operation trying to take him out. And eventually they come out on top. And the show ends. And they recover from the apocalyptic tyrannical rule of homelander and ryan i think ryan would have to die for that i think if he goes full on i think in that scenario at the end of season four ryan would have to kill butcher and go full on evil yeah and like just want to rule with his daddy and uh you know i think if, if if the second option were to happen i think they put they they obviously put Soldier Boy on ice for a reason. Well, because they can't kill him. They could. Why couldn't no. they knock him out and just like throw him in the ocean and him drown? Um, they tried to in the montage of torture at the Russian facility. They tried to drown him and it didn't work. Weird. Yeah. I think he could I like. Know. I mean, potentially they could. I don't know. Send him to space. Yeah, I guess he can't fly. Anyway, I'm glad to see Starlight else? can fly now. I guess. I wonder if she can permanently. Yeah, I, maybe if she like got enough power, like built up or something. I don't know. That's I'm the thing confused. is fused. Is, is it always going to have to be work? Well, in this one, it's like the more lights and electricity she has, the better they work. So is it just because the lights are bright that she could fly? I guess we'll find out more about that later. I don't know. Yeah, st- I'm sure they'll expand on that next season. Or yeah. they wouldn't have included like her starting to float when she used her powers. Yeah. Um, Is there anything else you had? I think that's all that I had. I don't think so. Alright. Well, that about wraps us up for this week. Um, as always, thanks for listening. Uh, leave a rating and review on whatever podcast app you're listening to. Tell a friend about the show if you think they need to hear uh, two fellas talk about nonsense for a little over an hour every week and uh yeah we hope to see you back next week you can get in touch with the show if you want we'll be back next monday night to talk about something is miss marvel wrapping up this week yes okay so we'll probably be back talking about that um in the meantime uh have a good time and we will see you next week oi We. <laughs> this podcast is presented by Miscreant Records. You can find us on Twitter at Miscreant Pods, and you can also email us at miscreantrecordspod at gmail.com.